It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Zach, Dean, John, welcoming myself back. To another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. Heyo. We're coming to you live. Uh, we're, we live in Central Jersey. There's currently a tornado warning, a flash flood warning. It's, yep. it's the apocalypse outside, um, but we're safe and, and nestled in our yes. basement here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Hurricane Ida. You know, we told everyone that, you know, the, the people just had to get their AFC uh, conference preview out, so here we are. Yeah, the, the ladies of the Winning Ticket Podcast <laughs> are not happy this is happening, which means that we're going to make you guys... A ton of money. Yeah, that's, that's to, to make up for it. Yes. We'll have plenty of takes this time around. We were off last week, so we wanted to make sure we got the AFC preview done this week. Um, that concludes after um, a, a shortened preseason, right? Only three games. Yes. What did you guys think of this preseason compared to last year's? I probably watched the least amount of preseason sure. football I have in oh. years. Uh, simply because I just feel like every team approached it differently, right? You had some teams who just like didn't even care about week three mm-hmm. of preseason. They're like, eh, whatever, it's another game. Other teams played half of their uh, starters for half the game. Um, so for me, you know, preseason really wasn't too telling. There's no team that I'm like higher on uh, yeah. now that preseason is over, uh, as opposed to before it began. Um, yeah, man. So I'm just excited because. Next week when we record, mm-hmm. we will be talking about the oh, Big Bank, yeah. Yeah. Zach's Fat Lock. Oh, yeah. We're going all in. We have one week left. Next Thursday, we have live, real, meaningful NFL football. And guys, it's like Christmas all over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's that t- ho, 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 right? It's, it's, <laughs> that, it's that time of year. I think um, I gleaned not – the only thing I really gleaned from the preseason was – uh, it, it seemed like a, there were no surprises. You know, a lot mm. of the players that got cut, a lot of the team's decisions that were made, they they didn't kind of jump off the page. It was just, you know, most of the names mm. that were trying out, unfortunately, didn't make it. Um, and just just a lot of your standards, a lot of trades going on, um, a lot of waiver wire pickups with, with guys who are already established. It seems like a lot of the coaches want to just go safe, um, yeah. especially with COVID and stuff, too. I don't think they want any, any unknowns. Um, it felt, not giving him a chance. And, and exactly to that point, it felt very, uh, you know, um, run-of-the-mill and almost like yeah. they were going through the motions. There's nothing Zach, you actually yeah. brought up a very interesting thing. Some teams play their starters as much as a half. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were a Super Bowl favorite for a lot of people, right. uh, Mahomes and Hill, everyone played. As if you needed and to see them. Mean, meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. other, other starters on defense weren't even starting, so yeah. it, it created some very interesting betting opportunities as well. I know that, um, shout-out to Joe, who's... Uh, a founding member as well yeah. uh, did very well in his bets on the preseason because you could find out. I, I good, think yeah. Aaron Rodgers didn't uh, didn't play a single game, so one game yeah. had Josh Allen playing for an entire half versus Jordan Love for one drive. <laughs> I mean, that's an easy one-sided one. Right. So yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, I'm sure all the coaches have their secret recipe, and uh, you know, on to week one. Like, like we said, uh, I already there have some go. week one bets, and uh, I'm excited to chop yeah. it up. We got to do it once the lines. You know, the, we already have some week one bets. I'm sure some lines have changed, so. We'll go through those next time around. We did the NFC, so now tonight, guys, it's got to be the AFC. We're going to preview the entire conference, tell you some best bets. I gave a personal promise to NFC uh, <laughs> listeners last last time around to have a, an over-under bet on each NFC team. 
you know, I couldn't do you wrong here. Same thing for all 16 AFC teams. There it and, is. And uh, I can't wait to talk about a lot of player props, too, coming up. What uh, division would you guys like to start in? Uh, let's go. Oh, excuse me. I, <laughs> I was going to say, we got to wake you Yikes. up. How about we start? I think there's a lot to talk about with the AFC South, because I know you guys have okay. a lot of takes. Yeah, Dean, Dean's been raring to go about this one, yeah, so, so let's let's start there. So if you guys will indulge me, um, this is actually my weakest division in my power rankings um, with an average rating of 23.5, and that's because the bottom two teams in my power rankings both are in the AFC South. The Texans, everybody knows, uh, I know that we've talked about on every um, NFL episode that we've done since you know, last season, we've all said, you know, Texans have the chance of going 0-17, but guys, I want to hone in on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Things are not good there. Uh, there are trading pieces for picks right now. The season hasn't even begun yet. Um, John, you know, you had said nobody made any, like, decisions off of preseason. Well, I kind of did. I was very mm-hmm. concerned with what I saw out of Trevor Lawrence and the first-team Jags offense versus the Saints, who were who were not playing all their defensive starters. I know that it's a little bit harsh to judge a team like that, but, man, when have you guys, and this is the question that I'm going to lay down the gauntlet, when have you guys ever seen a rookie draft pick prospect coming to the league, Mel Kuyper screaming, Tom McShay screaming, <laughs> he's a can't miss, he's the next John Elway, where, where have you heard this before? And he gets paired up with a nobody coach, a coach who has never done it in the NFL, and is already pissing players off. When have you ever seen that succeed? You're going to hear silence off, off of my end. It, it does suck because a lot of the times these, you're right, these can't-miss prospects who already have to live up to these lofty expectations go to the worst teams because that's just how the draft works. And the Jaguars, on paper, are a team I think a lot of people still can be excited about because there's so much newness. But I do agree with you, Dean. There's a lot of unknowns and... We just we we live in a um, in a world that rewards hyperbole. Well, you, know, you want to be the most this, the most this, and it it remains to be seen from this preseason if the Jaguars actually are gonna oh, are gonna be as marquee as they are. Oh, I I already know that, and it's they will <laughs> not. They are going to be horrible. Jaguars under six and a half is one of my best bets. They yeah. um, really didn't really address anything other than quarterback. They mm-hmm. actually got rid of their safety blanket in Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback. Right. They have two quarterbacks on the roster. They don't really have a good offensive line. They had a waste of a draft pick in Travis Etienne. Yep. Even if he played the entire yeah, year, it was a waste of a pick. We all agreed, I think, when that draft pick was made, and we even talked about it in our draft episode, mm-hmm. that it was just head-scratching. Well, even uh, even Urban Meyer said they wanted Kadarius Tony at that at that pick. Even that, even that is pick. the wrong pick. Yeah. They right. need to yeah. pick defense yes. and offensive line. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I have I have a, a myriad of stats. They have <laughs> an atrocious secondary. They just traded a cornerback. Uh, their first round draft pick, I believe, of two years ago, was playing with the third teamers. They don't wow. have a starting caliber cornerback on the team. They are going to get diced up. They're going to give up a ton of points, just like last year. And ready for this one? This is a sound bite, so everyone get close. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's ceiling is Joe Burrow's floor of last year. In the games that Joe that's Burrow played bad, that's what, that's what Trevor Lawrence yeah. can do. I think that the Jaguars are going to be pathetic. They have the benefit <laughs> of an easy schedule early, yes. but... Listen to this. By week seven, so they play ten weeks in a row to close out with road games at Seattle, Indy, Rams, Tennessee, Jets, and Patriots. Probably only one win there. My boldest take is the Jags go three and thirteen, and people are calling for Urban Meyer's job. Wow, that's bold. I like starting bold off take. with that one. Wow, 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 wow. Well, I'll tell you what. Week one, we literally get the toilet bowl. 
which is going to I'm labeling yeah. the Texans versus the Jaguars. Yeah, it's right we, out the gate. We always make fun of this division too for teams like this. It used to be the Titans and the Jaguars. It used to be like it, yeah. we, we would always just make fun of these terrible teams in this division, and it looks like nothing's changed. The Jaguars, the line at six and a half surprised me. I feel like I, I'm with you, Dean. I feel like this is a three or four win team. You know, if things were to go right. Again, you can't just look on paper and just say everything's going to fall into place. This isn't college for both Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, and there's a lot of holes to plug. I saw an interesting Trevor Lawrence prop. You guys could shut me up on this. Um, But I figure this is a team that's probably going to be behind a lot of games. There's going to be a lot of um, comeback passing stats, and maybe Trevor Lawrence throws a lot of touchdowns. This was an odds boost on DraftKings. I know we're not huge fans of them, but it, Mm -hmm. it did take my eye. Trevor Lawrence, 25-plus touchdowns, 15-plus interceptions for plus 350. So two, two things jump out at me. Yeah. The fact that both have to happen, yeah. I think uh, that, that's the part that scares me. Okay. And also for 350, that's not very juicy. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's more than a minus 110, gotcha. obviously, of like a regular side. But for a future, I mean, what if what if he gets hurt? If he gets hurt yeah. week one or if he True. even gets hurt like week 14, mm-hmm. that's up in smoke. Uh, the one thing about Trevor Lawrence I will, I will address for touchdowns, I get worried about is yes, I agree. I think that they are going to be behind in a lot of games, mm-hmm. but to see them actually punch it in, I don't think that they have the talent to actually do that. So okay. I, if anything, if you held a gun to my head and said you have to pick something on the Jaguars positively, I guess I would go with yards. Okay, cool. And I'll tell you what, guys, this is my juicy take of this division. I have two of them. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, my best one. How can you not take the Houston Texans under four wins? Yeah. At even money, it's plus 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, guys, David Coley is more of a cheerleader than an NFL coach. <laughs> uh, if you hear his interviews, he just says really dumb shit. He just seems like, like <laughs> he's a motivational speaker and has no knowledge of the game of football. Right now, they literally have Deshaun Watson listed on the depth chart as other when it comes to quarterback, mm-hmm. <laughs> which obviously uh, we all know why, right? We're not going to talk about right, it. Right, yeah. Uh, him being an asshole. Um, <laughs> and, but, and possibly worse. And possibly worse than an asshole, yes. Uh, but to me, I'm like thinking about it from a realistic standpoint, right? Who are the Texans getting their four wins from? Like, I have to look at the back end of their schedule, mm. right? Because like their chances of them getting at least like maybe one fluke win in the middle of the year, right? And then maybe like a week eighteen or week seventeen mm-hmm. team that is giving up. Um, I, my, my, I, my, I really just and then they're actively yeah. tanking for draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to rebuild completely. All right, so look, their last their last four games of the season, you have Jaguars. All right, that's technically winnable. Mm-hmm. Chargers, Niners, Titans. This is just no, <laughs> no, yeah. it's just not no. happening. I if it, if they were to get any wins, it would definitely be within the division. Definitely, yeah. and the, and they might creep up on a team. I think I think the ceiling is like three, um, and not saying a fourth I, one I is impossible, but for even money, like, yep. I would say I would yeah. I honestly would be shocked if they yeah. reached four wins. It would have to take a freak accident on the field, like right. I don't know whoever they're playing. And, yeah, and and gets this hurt or I, I don't well, know. the the one yeah. thing about that too is that we're mentioning you know 
how where are they going to get their wins? I think their only chance to win a game is against the Jaguars. <laughs> they um, play twice. Yeah, and maybe right. week one. I know that last year we saw the Jaguars get their only win in week one. Right. Uh, maybe it's one of those situations too. Also, Houston had probably the worst run defense DVOA last year, and they oh, did yeah. next to nothing to address it. Actually, yeah. once again, I'm talking about you know when it came to the Jaguars, the Texans are also trading pieces for yeah. picks right now. They they're fully into rebuild rebuild mode. And man, how bad do you feel for Tarod Taylor? Every <laughs> opportunity has to be the starter <laughs> something it's just a horrible situation yeah so. it is it's terrible dude name name a wide receiver on the texans aside from a pair and i was just yeah brandon cooks that cooks is still in the <laughs> i was gonna say will fiction. fuller yeah. still but i know no, he's, he's a dolphin gone, right kiki cutie was cut yeah didn't make the Cheating. team last year <laughs> uh, i mean he didn't D- make the team this starting year. running back the David Johnson, David yeah. Johnson? No, no, yeah, they have Johnson, Ingram, the, the and uh, Philip Lindsay. That but Bill O'Brien spent so many draft picks uh, <laughs> trading away. The reason why they don't have draft picks, that's the guy. Well, let, let's talk about the, the top half of this division while we, right. we yes. linger in the toilet for, I, I, for a little I'll long. I'll throw two, quick, two more quick things for the Texans. Fewest wins, plus 250. Lowest scoring team in the NFL, plus 400. So that's plus money if you really double down. Really like both of those a lot yeah. more than the Trevor Lawrence one. But uh, the... What was that? The fewest wins. Fewest wins. Fewest wins. I think is. Plus uh, I'm surprised yeah. they're not odds on, which is you know minus odds for a future. So I th- I think that it. But funny is they are the odds on favorite, but for some reason it's plus two fifty. Maybe I'll have to check mm-hmm. that again. But I'm pretty sure they were. Oh, maybe in the Lions. Either way. Either way, let's go to the top half of the division. Yeah, so very interesting. I, I know that you guys heard from uh, from Zach and I on the first episode about the Colts uh, being dominant. And, uh, Zach, I was wondering if you still feel the same because I kind of walked that back a little bit. I was doing my own quarterback metrics, and I noticed that Carson Wentz had an abysmal year last year. Now, um, you know, he has COVID situation going on. He has the injury that he's coming back from. Uh, I don't know if I feel as warm and fuzzy. Zach, do you still have the vote of confidence with the Colts? Yes. All right. Done. I do. I was very. If we recorded this when we recorded the NFC mm-hmm. episode, I probably would say no. Mm-hmm. But he was coming back to practice this week, and then he had to get COVID because he's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Which whatever you know, personal opinion. Um, but to me, I just think that Frank Reich brought the best out of Carson Wentz in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Uh, obviously, this is pre-injury proneness, right? But to me, the Colts have everything that you need to be successful in the NFL. Yeah. Which is a good defense, which they proved last year. They were in the top mm-hmm. 10 DVOA. Uh, I, by all means, formal offense, right? Yeah. They have offensive weapons. They have a good and a very good old line. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And for that reason, you have a good old line. You have a good defense. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, good running back. Top, top 10 so fantasy back, probably. Good running back, yeah. good offense, good offensive line, good defense. I don't see how they don't compete for the division with the Titans, especially when the Titans, in my opinion... Didn't do much to address Ooh. their weakness, which is defense. Yeah, if I could, if I could jump in there, uh, yeah, the Tex- uh, the Titans, excuse me, are going to have a historically bad secondary. Um, yeah, I just don't understand why they didn't really address that. I mean, it's well documented on, on uh, the first episode that we recorded for the NFL season. But yeah, the Titans, I think, are going to give up a lot of points. Look to some overs, and also another thing is, at the time of recording, we're about what eight days away from the first NFL game about 11 away from the first NFL Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you really want to pay attention to who's in and who's out of practice this week if any team has some COVID protocols. I know Ryan Tannehill, it's going to bleed into the practice and game prep of uh, the next game. So maybe a little week one, a woof woof on the Cardinals. Uh, something to watch. 
I like yeah, that. And then also, I mean, I mean, you guys all know, but I have a very hefty preseason bet on the Colts to win the division. <laughs> um, with that being said, now knowing what we know, as opposed to a couple months ago, I'm still sticking with my best bet in this division is I'm taking that Houston Texans under four wins yeah. for plus 100. I just... I know you have it, it seems at plus like plus 100. I have it at minus 110. No, it's even money now. As oh, literally, as interesting. 8:30 p.m. on September 1st. Yeah, yeah and this okay. is your this is That's your uh, yearly reminder to make sure that you odd shop, look around different yeah. sports books. Exactly, we'll give you yeah. different numbers. That's great. I'm I'm with you too, Zach. Um, you know, going through my teams, I'm under Texans four uh, and under Jaguars six and a half. Colts. The line is nine, and the over currently is plus 100. So I would say I'd, I'd gamble with that. I'd say Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson. They fix their COVID issues. They recover from their injuries, which I don't know how the NFL botched that one. I mean, you go from guys out five to eight weeks, and the guy's showing back up to practice two weeks later. It's mm-hmm. a weird one to me. So it's something something, yeah. something was wrong there. Either it was misdiagnosed right. or they're really not 100% healthy. Or rushed, yeah. Or rushed. But I'll, I'll take it. I don't. I still don't quite believe in Carson Wentz personally, but I do think the pieces around the team are, mm. are, are good enough. And Frank Reich's a good coach. And not only that, so, guys. Yeah. Like, just get back on that topic. I mean... Philip Rivers mm-hmm. was able to lead that team to what eleven wins last year. Yeah, yeah, pretty handily too. And they were in that playoff game the entire. They game. were, yeah. It came, came to a hail mary where she couldn't even reach. If, the he, if he had an arm, who knows, right? We could have been talking about the Colts advancing pretty yeah. far. It kind of it kind of reminds playoffs. me a lot of um, our conversation about uh, the Washington football team. It's yeah. they're the, pretty much the same team as last year, but now they have a competent quarterback. Yeah. I think the disagreement may may lie in whether or not you think Wentz is that guy that can be there. And Jacob Eason, I get. I don't know. He's he's, nah, a, rook, he's a nobody. Right? He's, he's a, a nobody. He's a nobody. Who knows? People people step out um, if if they need to. The one thing about the Titans, I also have my take on them is I have their um, over as well because they're also at nine. So it kind of I think I'm Listen, playing with, playing it safe. With <laughs> the extra game, I think it's completely right? reasonable. Mm-hmm. You could have two teams at ten wins in the division. Sure. Yeah. 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 Why not? Makes the, sense. The main a ten win and a nine win team. You know. The main piece that scares me about the uh, Titans is that they lost their offensive coordinator, who really yes. brought Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. back from the dead. Do we trust Vrabel to really revive yeah. that? Uh, I, I don't also, think so. For all you squares listening, let, <laughs> let me be very clear here: the addition of Julio Jones yeah. in that offense means fucking nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> nothing. nothing. AJ Brown is Julio Jones. Yeah. They're both going to get. <laughs> One or two 200-yard games would be injured for six. Yeah. The only yeah. constant on that team is the love of my life, Derrick Henry. I fucking love you so much. <laughs> all right. Well, this was the AFC pod. <laughs> yeah. thanks, for, thanks for joining. It's all, it's all D. Henry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love Derrick Henry. He's a fantasy love of mine. Because I was on him a year before everyone else. And yeah. I'll never mm-hmm. let that down. I love you, Derrick Henry. Nice. Do you, if, if I read you his line for rushing touchdowns, 11, would you take the over or the under? I would absolutely take the over. He had 17 last year, so he literally averaged one a game. To me, 11 is a slam dunk. I, I actually don't see how that number is so cool. Low. If you'll allow me to, to be the wet noodle really quick, it's just a, a reminder. Once again, it, it's all about preference. If you yeah. like futures, take all of your favorite players over on touchdowns and yards, whatever you want. Me, yeah. personally, I, I wouldn't only because, you know, anything could happen. Derrick Henry could, you know, blow out his knee or something. Right. and there, there it is. Now that I, ticket is garbage. I was trick. I was little, doing a little trickery. The line's actually thirteen and a half. I was. Kind, yeah. I, it seems high to me. So I, my take on this is actually take the under, thirteen and a half. 
Because yeah. I think he's just due for a touchdown regression. Well, if you really just think about it. Trying to see what, what you guys would think if I fucked with the line. If, if you think about it, uh, it's the first year out of the Arthur Smith system. Yeah. So That's who, know, what who knows what could, what could happen. Fade touchdowns the new. Fade the touchdowns new. are, are kind of random. All right. Let's go now to let's go to the AFC East. Let's we'll, we'll okay. talk about our favorite New York teams. The uh, the dynasty that's that's starting a new. Let's let's start there. I'll, let's talk about the Patriots. So they uh, recently cut Cam Newton, straight up cut, mm-hmm. no trade, no nothing. Mac Jones is the starter. Um, their line was at nine and a half. Admittedly, when I was doing my notes, mm-hmm. in fact, maybe I should check it now. Um, I don't know if this was updated when when yeah. uh, Mac Jones let, was officially named the starter. Yeah, let, let me just Patriots. yeah let me just get into this one uh, yeah. because Mac Jones. I, I think this was a rare occurrence of um, maybe not necessarily the best prospect in the draft, but definitely mm-hmm. the best landing spot for game style in the draft. So I'm super excited about it. Of course, on draft night, I, I think I alluded to it on past episodes. I have the rookie of the year ticket on Mac Jones. Yes. I had. Um, the MVP, MVP ticket MVP. on Mac Jones, which maybe is completely silly, but uh, you know, <laughs> you spo- do, man, we're going around for it. Sponsored by Bud Light, uh, you know, a couple of those will make you think anyone could be MVP. But anyway, um, no, it's one of those things where I think it's a, a an ideal fit, and honestly. There's a lot of quarterback position battles, and I'm sure we're going to get to another one in a little bit. But I, my only downgrade on the Patriots was, and I quote myself, they were going to screw around with Tam New- Cam Newton too much. They were going to start games with him. They were going to run the ball literally every single play, and they were going to lose games 24 to 10 like they were last year. So I think the cut is a completely smart move. You don't want him on the team. He's going to be sourpuss as the, because he's not the starter. I fully buy into that. It shows Mac Jones that they're fully bought into him, and now it's just a matter of whether or not he could do it, which I, I think he can. So, actually, this one addition by subtraction, getting rid of Cam Newton, makes me want to take the Patriots over. So, Sweet. I am I'm on over for the over Patriots. Over nine and a half is what it's currently at. Yep. yep. At plus um, 105. I don't know yeah, if odds. I want to touch that personally, okay. just because I feel like that's just one that's, like to me, way too close. I don't know which way it's going to go. With that being said, I am all in on the Patriots. Not so much the Mac Jones trend, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. I just feel like Belichick actually kind of has a chip on his so- shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. He just watched Tom Brady march on his first year in a new team, new system, and win the Super Bowl. You know that hurts his ego. Because how many <laughs> yeah. years has the debate been right. Belichick so Brady or Brady? Belichick? Yeah. yeah. And then Brady goes year one, not in Belichick's system. Yeah. He's out for blood this year, man. I know it sounds crazy. You can't think about the intangibles when mm-hmm. it comes to gambling. I'm telling you, think about the intangibles. Yeah. And I'll tell you what my best bet is. little preview of next week. I already have one of my big bank picks locked in. Nice. It's Patriots week one. Wow. Against uh, Miami, right? As I like, we'll be referring to him this season (laughs) as Pua turned the ball over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also a nice little angle in that game too. Kyle Van Noy uh, signed a four-year contract with the Dolphins and then got spurned after year one. They literally yeah, told him to hit right. the road. He went back to the Patriots for the minimum. Uh-huh. So the Dolphins are put, they are paying Kyle Van Noy while he's going to get his instant revenge. Is that <laughs> our first revenge, revenge game? game? That's oh, right. God, that's so <laughs> also, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, I believe, in a uh, in an interview, they asked who he prefers, and he said he likes Mac Jones better. Wow. Like, last okay. year. This was last year. Right, yeah. yeah so. But still. He's teammate. I mean, come on. I, I like the yeah. Pats at plus 105. I'll take the over 9.5. 
Um, and it's and it's it's a, a lot of what you guys said, and also the defensive players coming back for the Patriots. They mm-hmm. have the most opt outs uh, of COVID players out of every team in the league. It's important to know that they're coming back. I don't think the year off is going to hamper anybody, especially not on a, on a Belichick team. Everyone's going to be in shape. I'm pretty sure anyone who is, isn't has been weeded off I could right now. And I and I'm going to echo you, Dean, because I do think that cutting Cam and just focusing on Mac. It alleviates, I think, pressure on him to perform because now he knows he's the guy. Uh, mm. And and Cam always seemed to me like the opposite of Brady, right? Brady was the pure pocket passer, whereas Cam was the guy who had a good arm but was very elusive in the pocket and did more plays with his legs at that point in his career coming off of injury. So um, now I feel like Belichick had his experiment. It was a seven-win experiment. It was a losing record. Now he's on to uh to mac jones and kind of the similar uh patriots offense as we've been seeing i think they're gonna cruise um potentially to another division win but we'll get to that let's talk about the dolphins who also have the same line nine and a half um i'm not i'm not as trustworthy the dolphins uh, as as people were last year this is you talk about teams year to year there's always a team that that rises and there's always a team that falls the Dolphins, to me, seem like the Cardinals of the AFC. Mm. They so, are a good team. A They're not player. a great, yeah, a great team. Person. So for that reason, I'm taking their under 9.5. And, and there's just nothing at the moment that impresses me, and I think last year was, was fluky. Here we go, guys. Sound clip material before Dean okay. opens his mouth. I know mm-hmm. he's, he's itching to get at it. Here we go. You ready? Loyal winning ticket pod fan. <laughs> Sound clip this. When the Dolphins start one and three, Deshaun Watson will be a Dolphin by mm. week six. Whoa! Because I think Tua is that bad. I bashed him all last year, and boy, a game against the Buffalo Bills start uh, second strings in <laughs> week sixteen or seventeen last year wow. to make the playoffs. What did he do? He threw four interceptions and looked like an absolute clown. Yeah. He's not it, guys. I'm sorry. You can't get away with being that bad year one and think that things are just going to magically mm-hmm. inc- magically get better your your sophomore year. With that being said, his surrounding talent is there. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. got a great defense. He's got great offensive weapons, and he's got a good offensive line. Which means that if he still is making mistakes, yeah, it is a Tua problem. It's not a Dolphins problem. And unfortunately, in the NFL, you can get away with an average quarterback, right? Yeah, we used to always say the Andy Dalton line. Yeah, right. That's the caliber quarterback you need to at least make the playoffs. He's not it, guys. Mm-hmm. So so interesting. I, I don't know if I'd go that far as to saying that, that he's not good, although I was not impressed from what I saw. The one thing that... Um, I will mention, John. You had kind of said that they, you know, there's some kind of a, a stink around them that we can't really get our hands on. Right. Honestly, their front office has just been pissing people off. Um, <laughs> like I just mentioned, Kyle Van Noy. They told him to hit the road for some reason. Um, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. They kind of did him dirty. Yeah. Same thing. Xavier Howard demanding a trade. I think that's he's going right, to hold yeah. out. So um, that's th- that's all negatives, and that all makes me want to take the Dolphins under. But man, just looking at the schedule, I can't really find. Any any spot that I, I I'm really too scared of. I mean, okay. they play the AFC East, which is a weak division in my opinion. Right. They play the AFC South, which is a weak division in yeah. my opinion. And then they yeah. also play the NFC South. So they get the Atlanta, they get Carolina. Mm-hmm. Sure, they might get trounced by Tampa and uh, New Orleans, but yeah, they get Houston in here. They have a right. game against the Ravens. I, I mean, they just don't really nothing jumps at the board. I, I mean, if I could go through the games, uh, I could pick off you know one. Two, three, four, five, six. You know what I mean. So, like, whenever I go through the schedule and I just look and I see sure, some yeah. soft spots. The one thing to note, though, 
is um, that they have a very late bye week in week 14, which Ooh. I believe might be the latest. It is. So, um, yeah, they have the latest bye week. So they're going to play 14, no, 13 games in a row before they finally get a bye week. Yeah. And then I'll they tell get you the- what, if they're a playoff bound team, that's actually very helpful. Yeah, get some get some players back, and then um, right. after the bye, it's Jets at Saints at Titans, and then home yeah. against the Patriots. Yeah. So um, you know, not an easy schedule once they come back, but it's going to be very interesting if they get if they hit the middle stretch of uh, the season and hit some back to back road games. It might be uh, really tough for them. So I wouldn't. I, I I'm kind of a hung jury there. Yeah, it's. I think for me, it's the half. It's the nine and a half because this this seems to me like an eight or nine win team. Mm-hmm. Ten ten wins would be surprising, and it's because I think the Patriots are going to be good. And we'll just talk about the Bills now. Um, you know, one of the is it not the second AFC favorite behind uh, the Chiefs for the Super Bowl right now? I think the Buffalo Bills. That is correct. Right. Um, their line is eleven, and I caught myself out last week too, and I'm going to do it again. I'm putting a push on this. Um, I think they will win exactly eleven games. Mm. Uh, they added a game to the schedule again. The Bills are a team that does it does a lot of stuff right, right? And by that logic, they should lose minimal games. You're mm-hmm. talking like a handful. Again, I see that the uh, Patriots are an improved team. There are some improved teams within the AFC um, and within the NFC that are going to play that they're going to have to have answers for. Um, they they got... What was the final for the Chiefs game? That game. Was that one close or no? I feel no, like the, I think it was I feel like the Chiefs close. walked away with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that kind of scared me a little bit too. Um, Wait, so you're talking about the AFC Championship game? Yes. Is making you not want to take them over? <laughs> I mean... On the year? Well, well here's Yeah, it's thing. one game. I mean, they, they had a whole offseason. They had a draft. I also they think... They had pre- pre- preparation. Right. They learned from that spot. Sorry, I hate, I hate to no, cut you out, but no, I know that someone at home okay. listening is, right. is screaming Th- about this that. This is it, too. I'm still not... Oh, God. I'm gonna, <laughs> again, I'm going to eat my own shit on this one. I need to see more from Josh Allen. I said it last year what? on the podcast. I need to see more consistency. Last year was his only good year. Really. His only good year. Let's let's see more of it. That's all. That's all. I'm set, look, I'm giving him 11 wins. Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am all in on the Bills. The only thing they did was, what what was their strength last year? Their offense was dynamic. The defense was pretty good. They no, their defense, from a stat standpoint, was, was bad enough to, at the point that yes. they were in the AFC Championship game, they were still like 19th in my metrics. But they, they definitely played a lot better in the playoffs. Oh, well, not oh, only that, guys. They went, they went out and drafted in round one and round two. Yeah. Two DNs right. followed up by two offensive tackles. So guess what? They're trying to protect Josh Allen more. Yep. More importantly, they're trying to get pressure on the quarterback. I, going out on a limb here and say I would absolutely, absolutely be shocked if the Bills did not, one, run away to the division, two, yeah. win at least 12 games. Okay. I think they are a well-oiled machine. Okay. I'll tell you what their biggest weakness is, honestly. is very weird because, in my opinion, this this position is not really that important. And I've said on this podcast mm-hmm. multiple times, it's kind of a plug-and-play. It's their running back position. Yeah. Yes. They have terrible running backs. Devin Singletary, mm-hmm. not the answer. Whoever, I mean, I feel like they yeah, suck. Zach Moss. Yeah. Zach Moss, yeah. I mean, they all stink. I feel yeah. like if they had just, like, an average running back, like, dude, like, go, go scrounge yeah, the right. waiver wire. You could find someone at least a little bit. Fuck, the Giants cut Chloe Clement. He wasn't that bad. Go get him on the Bills. Yeah, so the, so the one thing, too, to mention about the Bills is, um, John, you said their line is 11, right on the head? Yes. So last year they were 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Um, This year, you know, playing in a very similar division, they actually get to open up against the Steelers, which, oddly enough, they are heavy favorites in that game. Uh, I believe it's 6.5 right they, now. They beat them last year in that game, right, when they were underdogs. Or am I thinking of a different team, right? That that happened yep, you're right. late, late mm-hmm. in the season. Um, 
I, yeah, but I, I don't think the bookmakers put much stock into that. Yeah. No, I yeah. think I think so. I'm getting my numbers confused with what what like my heart is saying, which is the Bills. <laughs> we, I opened it up by mm. talking about the Bills Super Bowl odds. I right. don't think they're a Super Bowl team right. yet. I think okay. that's what I kind of meant to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm so totally maybe cool with eleven. That. Maybe I should give them more credit. You know, what? I'll do it. I'll make the change. I'll I take mean, the over. You just, guys convince me. Just to give you an idea, I'll as take far the as over. Odds for division winners go. Mm, let's hear. It. They got to be minus. Currently, the yeah, Bills the favorites. are the third heaviest favorite out of all divisions. Was it minus like three hundred? It's no. It's only minus one fifty. It's actually minus one fifty. Wow. Bad if you believe the in the Bills. Two, Very good bet. Right? The only two that are more are the Chiefs, obviously at minus two ninety. Yeah. And you're the gonna Buccaneers? have the Bucks at minus yeah. two. And I can't even say yeah. take that or, or oh stay away from that just in case uh, Josh Allen gets hurt. They went out and addressed a serviceable yeah. backup quarterback. So I think not to mention like I know we're not putting stock mm-hmm. in the friggin' uh, preseason, but bro, yeah, Mitch Mitch Trubisky under Brian Dabble, guy looked. Electric in yeah. the preseason. Yeah. Once yeah. again, it's preseason. But it was the Bears' revenge game. Yeah. It just shows, man. Like <laughs> it's just a comparable coaching mm-hmm. can go a long way. And honestly, Mitch Trubisky as a starter, eh, okay. Yeah. As a backup, that's honestly a great, great, great backup to have. I think that personally, more teams should be looking at oh, investing yeah. in the backup quarterback position in the case that you do have your star True. player go down. Right, you don't want to lose an entire year just because um, you know one player got hurt. That's that definitely never the intent. And I know that yeah. you know I said it uh, on previous episodes. A lot of GMs thought that Trubisky could vie for a starting job, kind of like um, you know last year. They he showed enough for GMs yeah. around the league. So yeah, very good one. I would definitely take. I would take Houston, the Bills over on wins. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Bills over too, man. I'm taking them over 11. And real, I think 12 and 13 is their is their highest. And, and real quick, obviously, you, you can tell in this room that even though we're from New Jersey, nobody <laughs> here is a Jets fan. Mm. But let's talk. Currently, Zach Wilson, the preseason, the highest rated uh, mm-hmm. highest rated quarterback. Zach Wilson looks good, man. Preseason performance. I'm very surprised. I have literally said to my friends. <laughs> Uh, I will eat my shorts if Zach Wilson winds up being good. I just cannot see a quarterback from BYU having success in the NFL. I guess if with Robert Sal, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I literally don't know who the offensive coordinator of the Jets is. I apologize. Um, but maybe if they do scheme him up some safe plays, he looks yeah. good. I mean, hell, him and Corey Davis look like they could actually be like a legitimate mm-hmm. uh, quarterback-wide receiver one combo. Um, problem with the Jets right now I see is uh, early injuries. Right. Yeah, Corey Davis is a good player. Corey Davis is good. That that's the only thing that's that's holding them back is the the talent of the players on the roster because the players are way more talented than when Adam Gase was was coaching. And I don't mean this by the acquisitions they made because they did make a lot of them. But Adam Gase was such a terrible coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just could, he couldn't get anything out. Where of Where does he land? Do we know? Uh, I don't think on he's the in couch. The NFL. I think High school. I think yeah. he's in the back room over there. So so, so to uh, pick up where, where Zach left off, Mike Lafleur, uh, Matt Lafleur's brother, is the okay. offensive coordinator. Okay. Robert Sala, defensive guy. I personally yeah. like when teams construct that way when they go defensive head coach, yeah. offensive mastermind kind of thing. But I Sala's wonder. If, a good guy. I wonder if Mike Lafleur got hired on name alone and oh, not what his track record was. Guys, completely unrelated. Uh, I'm not kidding. He's currently the offensive coordinator of a local high school team. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Adam Gase went down a little bit, yes. and uh, Mike LaFleur is uh, cashing in on his name. Adam, but no. Yeah, Adam but- Gase can literally thank Peyton Manning for millions of dollars. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, right. I think he's still getting paid out by the Jets, too. Yeah, my, my whole Most thing about likely. the Jets is, you know, I test, they suck. But then again, if you look into it, they might surprise you. I think six and a half is the right line six for them. Six and a half the right line. I don't and, want to touch it. Yep, I don't, right. I don't want any piece of it. Uh, although we're getting week one 
at Carolina Sam Darnold revenge game going to be pretty cool. Oh, that's going to be a good one. If it's six and a half, I'll take I'll take the under. Yep. Six six is a fine number. Cool me. They strike me as like the Giants of last year, where first year head coach, the team itself is not very good, but they're not I'll they're not pushovers. I mean, but. very quickly so we can yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah. It's just right. Our philosophy is fade the new, right? Yeah. Jets Carolina Carolina new quarterback. Yeah, it's new everything to me. I that's that's a very tough, yeah, tough matchup to put money on. Right, right. So let's move on, gents, mm-hmm. and uh, what let's tackle probably the easiest division to talk about here, and that's the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to open this bad boy up? Besides, we know the Chiefs <coughs> are going to be uh, incredible again. Yeah, I I'll start with. Um, I'll start with that. Actually, I'll go with the Chiefs. Um, you know, they they got better. Uh, they got you better. Know. They got offensive line help, which the Super Bowl proved. Uh, yeah, postseason proved that if they're going to be successful, yep. they need a good offensive line. And the thing about that too is they also improved on their defensive backfield. Uh, they have currently two first round picks playing in uh, nickel roles, so their defensive backfield is actually amazing. Um, of course, getting Mike Hughes and. DeAndre Baker, I'm not sure if he actually made the team or not. So, um, yeah, the defense got better. The offense got better. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to run away with it. I think that they will coast to the Super Bowl. And it's kind of the same thing that I said about um, the Bucks. It's it's theirs to underperform if they want. Right. Coast. Coast to the Super Bowl. Their no difficulty. Uh, their line is 12.5 and the over is plus odds. So let's do it. Plus 110. Done. Over 12 so and a half. if if I could ruffle a few feathers here, because sure. I know I know a lot of people. This is the trendy, you know, guy pretending to be sharp Super Bowl pick. Right. I am going with Come the Chargers up. under on wins and to make the playoffs. No, at minus one twenty five as my best bet Whoa. of the episode. Wow, guys, let's get into it. All right, we talk about fading the new for week one, and that's a really good strategy, right? So, if you look, I'm just more concerned with... Okay, fine. They got Brandon Staley. I'm sure he'll be a good head coach. Like I just said, defensive-minded head coach, and you have to hire that offensive genius, right? Who's the offensive genius they got? Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi last called plays seven years ago for the Detroit Lions. And in those games with Matthew Stafford, he they only scored... Um, excuse me, that was 2015, yep. and he got fired after seven games, only scoring 18.1 points per game. Yes. On the, yes, the Lions suck, but he still had Matthew Stafford. There's no excuses there. Um, I just think that Justin Herbert's development, uh, you could call it a sophomore slump. I don't think it's that. I think it's changing of the coaching staff. How ma- Once again, getting back to the top, how many times have we seen young quarterbacks get a new system that they have to learn in a in a pinch mm-hmm. and succeed in that in the first year he just learned a new offense in the nfl now he's back yes he has raw talent but he has to learn a new new offense i just think it's too much change for a young guy i think that they're going to take a massive down step uh, i see them being a nine or an eight win team and that's not bad but that's not a playoff team right wow that's a good take man i actually had the over for them initially but i really I'm not as my reasons were not as compelling as you. Yours. You know what, John? I'm actually going to go ahead and and, right. and say that I think that's the easy. Uh, of course, no, no knock on your research. Right. That's the easy, lazy way out. You, you look at momentum, it and you go, right. It's Madden mentality right. in another form. You look at it and you go, uh, Herbert, good. I mean, if your handicap is just naming players, that's not a handicap. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the schedule that they open with at Washington, which is a uh, West Coast going East. Then you got home against Dallas at Kansas City, and then you get Vegas, Cleveland, Baltimore. So 
first five games or six games or so, could you see yeah. the wheels really falling off with them starting one Dean, and five? We're going to have to figure out a bet, dude. All right. Because wow. I think that the Chargers Holy. are making the playoffs. And oh, okay. I don't think that's a question. Okay. So right. we have to figure out something. It's definitely head-to-head. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers are making the playoffs. I also like the over nine and a half. I think that they are good enough to compete with anybody. And honestly, wow. they were some really horrible coaching decisions away mm-hmm. last year from having a much better record. I, they impressed the high out of me, and I really think that they're going to take a step forward. Uh, personally, I think that the blueprint is there. There's really not much they have to change offensively. I mean, wh- mm-hmm. why are you going to go in and implement something completely new when you saw the success well, that they Well, ha- you have a new coach. You can't go in and be like, oh, we're going to run the old guy's stuff. The, the coach, of course, is going to change the playbook. You can't go in and go, oh, yeah, we're going to run the Anthony Lynn offense. He's not there. Right. You know, so yeah, I agree. I think that if they left it, honestly, I know, I know how silly it is. I would have given Anthony Lynn another year just to let Herbert develop a little bit more and get more comfortable. But, Zach, I, I agree with you. If they left everything the same, they would be good, but they did not leave everything the same. They got a brand new coaching staff and they got a totally incompetent play caller. That's right. Coming for you, Joe Lombardi. Um, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't understand it. Uh, he was a quarterback's coach on the Saints, which you don't have to be a quarterback's coach on the Saints. You got Drew Brees, he's his own coach. Right. Like, it's the Adam Gase effect all over again. I just think it's one of those things where I can see this offense really sputtering. And, of course, you know, schedule. You only play the people that, that are on – or you only put the teams on your schedule. And it's one of those things where if they start off with with some hiccups, I think that, uh, you know, the, the players start to hang their heads. Those injuries hurt a little bit more. And they start hanging – they hang heads and uh, start packing in. So let's yeah. take a look here and see <laughs> – so it's funny because the first half of their schedule is a little bit, you know, tough. It's, it's tough, yeah. You read off the... Uh, Let's look at the second the half, though, where they could turn it around. Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, Giants, Chiefs, division game, Texans, Broncos, Raiders. I mean, if if you see if you see an eight and two out of there, I say you're smoking dope. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> I think that they're going to start out pretty bad. I think they're going to start out maybe one in one and five or two and four, and then from there, fine. Maybe maybe they go middle of the road. I just think that starting off strong is very important. How rare is it that we see a team start zero and five? And go, what, what's the whole stat? If you start zero and two, I, you make the playoffs yeah, like one percent of the time. I just yeah. feel like okay, I'll give you Washington. It'll be a tough game. Chiefs will be a tough game. But you're telling me that. Cowboys and Raiders, Cowboys, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, Patriots. I guess I can see tough, where you're coming yeah. from. Mm-hmm. That is tough, but it's not like there's not they're not going to be in it. Um, no, no. To tr- me, trust me, they're going to be coin flips. Yeah. Toss up. Cowboys, I think they roll. Chiefs, it's, they're going to probably lose. Yeah. Raiders, they'll blow out. Browns, a toss up. Ravens is a toss up. Patriots a toss up. I, I see. I think I disagree. I don't think the Ravens is a toss up. I think they're going to get smacked going to Baltimore. Personally, I, but then, then again, it, w- yeah, you know, we could agree to disagree, right? Right. The, the one thing though that is interesting, and maybe this is the natural progression before you know John takes a bite of the Chargers cherry. Zach, honestly, you, you made some good points, but I I, I think mine is personally uh, I might be a little bit biased, but I think mine's pretty pretty <laughs> ironclad with some of those. Yeah. But no, I, I don't agree that the Raiders are this laughing stock. I don't believe that teams are going to really? come in and, ro- and romp them. That's just yeah. my takeaway. Yeah, I, I think that, like I said, I was swayed, right? So I'm, I'm on under um, for the Chargers now. And it's really, the, these are the two keys to the Chargers, right? Justin Herbert has to continue to progress. He's got to be better than the rookie passing record for touchdowns. And everyone forgets that they're, they're returning a lot of defensive players. In, uh, was it Nick Bosa, Derwin James, some other guys? 
you know, they have to be better. They have to be there all season. And I know I mentioned it on the last episode that defenses themselves fluctuate from season to season. So, I mean, that could be a good thing for the Chargers because their defense wasn't as good without those players. But at the same rate, we can't count on Derwin James being this amazing player just coming back off of injury twice. Two years. Twice. Two, he hasn't played oh, a meaningful so football go. in two right. years. So I see that. So, it's, again, it's going to hinge on that. So I, that's why I was, mm-hmm. I was torn. I had the over initially because I did kind of see them progressing. But now the more I think about it, and I do think this is a better division than what people give mm-hmm. credit for. Um, I'm just taking the. I'm deciding to change, take the under. I'm going to go to the Raiders real quick, and then we'll get to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Now the Raiders. I. I. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not kind to to LV, and I'm not kind to Gruden. I think the Raiders. They're. I agree with you, Dean. They're not a laughing stock right now, but for the number of years leading up to this and how their draft picks have panned out, mm. the things that they say in public, fucking. Um, Mark Davis's hair, like it's just—it's hard <laughs> Dude, not to handicap like about Mark Davis's hair. Yeah, it's a lose lose. Like so, so the Raiders have been kind of stuck in this team of mediocrity, and I think last year with COVID delayed a potential breakout season because now I think Gruden, the pieces are there. Gruden has his team. He's not working with what was given to him anymore. This is what fourth year coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Right, this is the time. The line seven. I'm gonna say, despite you know the Chiefs, they did beat the Chiefs last year. Uh, I don't think that'll happen again. Mm-hmm. But I'll take the over at minus one twenty odds of seven. Yeah. Um, because I think that they could they could bully up on some of the other teams on their schedule. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I think it's one of those things where you know um, the fact that they are only at seven means that the sports books and therefore I mean the sports books put out the line to dupe the public pretty right. much. That means that they think that the public are gonna be throwing the Raiders out. Which is fine. I mean, go go for right. it. I, it's it's I'm an not easy under to take because you're right. It's the, yeah. it's the Raiders bad. Yeah, mentality. you just go. Oh, oh, they're bad. I just right. don't think that they're that bad. And I think that also, you know, Las Vegas. Um, you know, now that the world's open, I think that they're always going to have people yeah. there, and it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I mean, look at the Golden Knights. They always sure. have a sellout because it's yeah. something to do. You know, and people go right. and and things well, like it's, that. It's I think the they're MSG effect, right? Yeah, right. The seriously, Knicks, the Knicks have been terrible for twenty years. Right, there's never not a sellout. Yeah. Yep. And, and eight, like, I'm asking them to win eight games. If I'm taking the under on seven, if even if we push on it, mm-hmm. seven or eight games is still a losing record and still a non-playoff team. Yeah. So, like, I'm not asking them. I think it's important to remind yourself, mm-hmm. um, dear listener, that when you take these, you know, w- when you take an over on a team that maybe the public fades or even take an under on a team mm-hmm. that might be doing well, like, like you know, going back to the Bills, maybe you say, oh, yeah, they're still a playoff team, but they only win ten games. Something like that. That's not the mm. wrong I mentality to, to take. If the, you're just looking the, at the Raiders' numbers. defense really needs to take their head out of their ass. Sure. Yeah. And to me, I don't think they yeah. did enough to address that. As far as the win total goes, I will be stalemate. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna say. Okay. I'm not picking an over or under. Yeah. Personally, I can see the Raiders winning seven games or eight games. Right. Yeah. And still I think seven or eight a feels bad right. Team. Oh yeah. Like right. I, that, that, I think that's the perfect number for them. Mm-hmm. I just think in that division. I mean, I feel like the Broncos are almost the same team with a better deep. <coughs> the Broncos are the inverse of the Raiders, where sure. their offense, even though they have great weapons, I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. But their defense very good. Mm-hmm. And I've said this for, for my entire life. I value a great defense over a great offense 10 days out of the fucking week. Sure. There's only seven days in the week. So so <laughs> that's, that's so funny because I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier that I was like, oh, yeah, there was another team that we're going to talk about that. 
I, um, you know, wanted the under just because I, I figured that they would screw around with a starting quarterback situation for a little bit too long. And that, of course, is the Broncos. I thought that they were going to screw around with my former boy, Drew Locke, and they yeah. nipped that right in the bud. But unfortunately, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion, is not that much better, but I think he does make the team better because mm-hmm. he's not going to... I, I do agree with yeah, that. Yeah, he's going to avoid those, um, you know horrible horrible interceptions and mistakes and things like yeah. that so um yeah just a slight upgrade on the on the broncos despite me uh still not really loving them i have no bets on them right now mm-hmm. um i would have had if drew Locke was starting i would have had the giants as a max play for week one but now um now i don't now it's more of a push yeah. the broncos are so tough to decipher because someone's got to be the bottom dweller in this division and I look at the the Chargers. I mean, we know the Chiefs, right? But I look at the Chargers and the Raiders. The Chargers are could be due for regression. I just talked about the Raiders should kind of blow up their number. Kind of leaves the Broncos as the team that I don't really like Vic Fangio as the coach. This was mm-hmm. the team that had the fucking quarterback calamity last year with COVID. Like, that kind of says a lot if you think about it. Your whole quarterback room got it and you had no contingency plan. You had, start, hitting, baby. had to start a running mm-hmm. was a receiver or running yep, back at, a, at quarterback. The line is eight and a half. The under is plus odds at plus one twenty. I'm going to say they're the basement dwellers. I think the Raiders will finish in in third place most likely mm. in that division. And I'll give the Broncos the last. And Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's a good dude. He's also injury prone. And if Drew yeah. Locke goes back in there, I have no faith in this team. And again, I'm not. I'm not still yeah. not high on right now. The Broncos defense. Drew Bro- Drew Locke will start at least two to three games for the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, ready for this one? Uh, the Broncos start off with a very easy three games in a row. They got the the Giants, Jags, and Jets to start off uh, the year. Maybe they start three and zero and get a little pep in their step. Really battle the Ravens, and then all of a sudden we might be looking at a four and zero Teddy Bridgewater team, the feel good story of the year. So, well, what did you say their total was? Seven and a eight, half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I mean, I think eight and a half is still a little bit too high. If it was mm-hmm. somewhere around like the yeah, seven, eight and eight's a winner if you take an under. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, w- I would say if it was in the sevens, I would definitely be yeah. looking at that just so that they start off with a little bit of uh, some fire in their belly. But um, doesn't look like. I think eight and a half is a little bit too high. That that's nine wins used to be a playoff team. I think it still will be in the mix for a wild card. So I think that might yeah. be a little bit too high. I did have a player prop too. Jerry Judy really impressed a lot last year. Um, I know Cortland Sutton's going to come back, so he might eat into some of his time. But I think Jerry Judy is the best receiver on that team, and his uh, he's got a line uh, four and a half touchdowns this season. I feel like that's that's really low. For John, a John with the touchdown props, man. Oh yeah, I it, love them. They're it, just they're just fun to look at and to do because then it's <laughs> like it ties you into fantasy, especially if you draft these players. And it's something to just look forward to all season, especially taking overs on stuff. So I like over four and a half touchdowns. I know Henry Ruggs has a similar one. It's over four touchdowns. Well, the line is four. I would take the over. Uh, the Raiders have abused that position mm-hmm. and have not given it to him. I feel like he's just due for a breakout. It's just crazy to think four touchdowns over 17 games. Like, that's you're averaging a touchdown, what, one every four games? You're telling me one guy's not going to hit pay dirt well, when the guy should be the number one receiver on the team? That's the only thing that's keeping me interested. My, in my thing about, about touchdowns, aside from you know what I always say, is another thing is you have to figure where do they score from. Like, sure. For a guy like Jerry Judy, they have to be outside of the red zone pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. It's not like when they get first and goal of the one, they're going to throw Jerry Judy a screen. Like He doesn't right. get the ball on, on fades or anything like that. He's not necessarily 
very tall. He's a speed slot type of guy. So Judy, Hamler are kind of similar. Tim Patrick really is their goal line and red zone target. Right. Same with Noah Fant and same with the running backs that they have, you know, 400 yeah, of them that, every single year. That's what scares me is their running yeah, backs. Yeah, so I... What I, is their running back situation? It's Melvin Gordon and who? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Boone and Javante Williams. Mike Boone is dead to me for costing <laughs> us at fantasy football. Yeah, second-round second pick out of North Carolina, Javante Williams. Very highly touted. Okay, that's right. I've seen his name on uh, fantasy draft boards. But I think that's other otherwise open and shut kind of division. The Chargers, Raiders, Broncos will all square dance for 2-3-4, but the Chiefs should continue to exude their dominance. Let's go to the last division in the conference, the AFC North, which I personally think is the strongest conference. They are the NFC West of the AFC. Uh, and I will start with, I believe the division favorites are the Ravens. Yeah, plus 115 for the win division. Yep. Plus 115 to win the division. They're a team. They just uh, suffered the J.K. Dobbins injury. Um, do I think that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are interchangeable? Yes, because I think a lot of running backs uh, on that offense are interchangeable. But I do, I do wonder about a number of things. Again, defense fluctuates year to year. How good is the defense going to be? And if Lamar Jackson doesn't take that step to improve his throwing, how many teams are going to eventually figure out the whole running game? And if they put the they clamps have on that, every single time the man has stepped right? in the playoffs. So, you know, within a, within a very tough division, aside from the Bengals, um, I think the Steelers and the Browns are going to be very good. And with, with I, get, like, I just don't see new wrinkles to their offense or defense. I know they just drafted uh, Rashad Bateman, and he's on injured reserve now, I think. Yes, yeah, so he's so, uh, the quickest he can come back is week four. Okay. So, yeah, again, th- there's just not many... I'm just not seeing a whole lot of wrinkles this often. So I, I don't know what to take. The line's 11. That seems like the right number. I wrote down I'd take the under, but I think I'm just going to push on that one and just move move on to the, the next the next team and not think too hard about it. I don't know. You guys have any Ravens takes or not, not uh, You know what, man? I feel like, call me crazy, I mean, how much more of a step forward can the Ravens take? I feel like they've kind of been the same team the last three years. It's they play good in the regular season, they get to the postseason, and yes. it's Lamar Jackson who can't throw the ball. I was gonna say someone schemes up something for them. I, I love the people online too that are like, not bad for a quarterback after Lamar throws three hundred yards against a team that's clearly tanking. Like, mm-hmm. well, what does that show us? Nothing. He had eleven yep. completions. Who cares? Which yeah. is, I'll tell you what, guys, my best bet. It's the Ooh. longest odds of the Ooh. entire Ooh. preseason of any bet that I've had. I am taking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division. Ooh! At plus four forty, four to one odds. Wow! And then wow! To, uh, I'm going to call this as the uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last dance. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. The man finally went on a diet, got in good shape. <laughs> um, listen, as much as we joked about how they were the worst eleven and zero team to ever mm-hmm. exist, it still takes good coaching and disciplined players. To yep. go eleven and zero, and yep. I just feel like the Steelers are one of those teams. Is quite frankly, there's not a single game I would count them out of. Yeah, I sure. agree. How could you? How could you possibly see the Steelers on your schedule and circle it and go like that's a win? Right. It's one of those things. They still have the defense, although according to John, every defense is bad. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, it, they've been the consistently best defense in yeah. the NFL 
more top five appearances than any other team. It does. It does need to be said about the Ravens and Steelers, for that matter, and the AFC North, which we're talking about. Um, they do have the hardest schedule in football, and actually, specifically, I believe the Ravens have the hardest. Yeah. Is it because uh, they play each other though? Kind of. That has it to is, be aid in it. Well, listen. Somehow. Listen to a couple of these scheduling spots yeah. here. Ready? Starting off with three. Of their first four games are road games, including one home game against the Chiefs, which will more than likely be a loss. So they go from Vegas to home to Detroit to Denver. Then you get three games on a bye, and then listen to a couple of these scheduling spots. Um, at Chicago, home against Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and then Cleveland again, Ooh, and then wow. Green Bay. Yeah. So it's one of those things where um, if the Ravens are sleepwalking at any time, it's yeah. it, so the one thing, too, I, I see a lot of people throwing out, oh yeah, you know, this team has a hard schedule, or this team has a hard schedule, whatever. Um, one thing that I personally look for as a handicapper is tough scheduling spots, you know. Will you have to get up for an emotional um, divisional game? Like, for example, uh, Steelers-Ravens, and then all of a sudden now the next week is a, a real letdown spot. Is that team good enough to have a, a letdown spot? Here's a perfect example for the Steelers. They play at home against the Ravens on Sunday, December 5th. Then short turnaround at the Vikings Thursday, December 9th. Uh, I think that's a good spot for the Vikings, you know. Sure. Coming off an yeah. emotional game, the Vikings will more than likely have, you know, extra rest. Uh, it, that's not because I'm a Vikings fan. It's just what I happen to uh, see as I'm looking through the schedules. So that's what I like to look for as far as uh, strength of schedule. I'm sure next year, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe we'll get out some episodes of schedule breakdowns and stuff like that. But I know that a lot of people typically go through uh, implied regular season win totals. But however you slice it, it's the Steelers and Ravens have the hardest schedule in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I mean... I don't really have any bets on this, Zach. I do like I like those odds. I would I would probably chase that and just hope that you know all hell breaks loose in Baltimore. Now Cleveland, I'm just not a buyer. Kind of similar to what you were saying about the Bills, John. Yeah, yeah. I just okay. don't see them as an upper echelon team. Yes, they had a good year last year, but I just don't. I don't know. I, I, you, I don't. You see need it. to see more, right? Yeah. You just need. You're like you give them the credit for a good last year. They they were contenders for the Super Bowl for sure based on last season. But we've seen so many times in this league the parity that's between a mm-hmm. lot of these teams and a lot of these divisions. So the Browns, yeah, their line is ten and a half. Um, I would feel comfortable taking the over because I do think they're finally in a place where they're good, and I like Kevin Stefanski a lot too. I think he's an excellent coach. But but I I see your take too, Dean. Mm-hmm. In that you just have to see a little bit more first. Baker Mayfield's not a guy again that you're going to already put a gold jacket on him. No. You're, you're not even going to say that he's going to be what could be the best QB for the Browns for the next couple of years. Is he still the franchise guy? You know, you have to see just a little bit more. And that could happen as early as the first month or two, you know? That's the thing with doing Listen, futures. It's it's taking a lot of things The one thing that account. Baker Mayfield has to his advantage is he's got a great offensive line. And he's yeah. got, mm. honestly, uh, right. are we going to agree with this? He, he 100% has the best two one two bunch. What a great segue right. if I could just get this in really quick. Yeah. Uh, the Browns boast the number one rated pro football focus guard, the number two rated uh, pro football focus yeah. center, the number five mm-hmm. pro football focus rated guard. So they have a beastly offensive line, and I think that that kind of makes it all tick. Remember yeah. uh, the the whole thing about the Cowboys, where it was they had that immaculate offensive line, and then no matter who you put back there, yep. they're good. Yeah. Well, that offensive line is kind of in shambles now. People retire, people move on, and uh, you know that's something that that team had success, and I think the Browns will have success as long as there's no injuries there. Yeah, I couldn't th- agree more, man. They have a solid defense. They have a couple guys coming back from injuries mm-hmm. on the defense uh, who missed some time last year. Like, on paper, obviously, right. season, the Browns should be good. It should be interesting to see if they can honestly it's handle the pressure of having expectations. True, right. Because two years ago, they shit the bed. Last year, they played up. They, 
They squeaked into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. True. But with that being said, man, uh, it, honestly, it, good time to be a Browns you fan. Can't, <laughs> you can't understate the importance of a good offensive line yeah. with two starting caliber running backs. I mean, yeah. that just Chubb and Kareem Hunt is just a honestly yeah. sick combo. That it really that, is ridiculous. That will win them games. Yes. Directly win them games because they'll be able to run the ball, especially if they go up at you know towards the end of the game. Absolutely. Time of possession, makes, man. Yeah. Makes you makes everyone's every, lives easier. Anytime you can have a touchdown drive that right. lasts eight minutes. Yeah. It's just I think I guarantee oh, you at like pretty much every coach in the NFL would, would literally <clears throat> would jump for joy with that line oh, yeah. to just be like churning it out. So, yeah, so I like the over on the Browns, and I do want to say I like the over on the Steelers, 8.5. Um, that seems kind of low. 8.5? And, and it's plus 115 odds. Yes. Wow. I'll take that right now. Yeah. So, so let me... Parlay uh, that with the, <laughs> with the division win. Yeah, I mean... Seriously, they, yeah, I, I was shocked. I guess people are just not... They're worried about the offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger, probably, and the rookie running back. So if I could throw another pot shot, like I said, I've been a big hater on this AFC yeah. episode, but I got the Bengals under as well. Uh, nothing really new here, just that... They should have drafted an offensive lineman, but instead they drafted Jamar Dude. Chase, who apparently can't catch or you run around. Can't catch, apparently. So, so yeah, good, good one. It's gonna. Uh, the one thing that I did did see, if you are a Bengals buyer or a Bengals fan, the one thing that I saw was actually a, a well illustrated meme where it was, you know, either Burrow on his back, um, you know, with Chase in the area, or <laughs> one is just you know Burrow standing in the pocket with no wide receivers open. So it, it's just a team that needs a lot of help. John, I know that you were calling for. Uh, the coach's job a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think Starting I'm finally on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm finally there. I, I just yes, uh, I think that all the success they will have will be because of Burrow, and all of Burrow's success will be in spite of the team, and not yes. because of the team. There's nothing about the Bengals that impresses me whatsoever, <clears throat> aside from Joe Burrow. And think it's just because it's it's kind of like the Jaguars. You're just looking at Trevor Lawrence at that point, the number one pick. Joe Burrow had an amazing college season. Let's look at what he's actually done in the NFL. He's had some decent games, but he's also been hurt. Dude, and he hasn't too, he hasn't jumped off the page. Too too early to call Joe Burrow anything. Yeah, the man got hurt. He actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not calling him a bust, but again, he, I, he I, actually looked pretty good in my opinion. He did, but unfortunately, he doesn't have a good offensive doesn't line. Doesn't have a good so offensive it's, line. It's not like he's going to excel. Yeah. You know, like I, I mean, I think I said it perfectly. He will all of his success will be in spite of the yeah. team. Jamar Chase, I believe, and we could check this. His preseason stats: <laughs> one catch, four yards. Can we get on Mike Cookie and see uh, <laughs> what, what the fucking odds are on Zach Taylor being gone by the <laughs> end? Of oh the my year? god! Yeah, I don't, I don't know how how he lasts. It extends to your theory, Dean. The uh, you know, with Brandon Staley on the Chargers, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, the Sean McVay coaching tree is just not mm-hmm. destined. For greatness, I honestly I wrote down on the other side of my paper a bunch of unders for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm. Just take the unders on everything, especially Jamar Chase. I don't, I know it's only preseason, but listen, his under is like ninety seven hundred. In the yards. last preseason you know, game, wow, yeah. take, they take did the, the most stereotypical try and get your receiver confidence move. Yes, and threw him a screen pass yeah, just like to bubble. get him. Yep, bubble screen. Yep. And he dropped it. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, this is unbelievable to me because he was so good in college. But you know what? Sometimes just mm-hmm. – you know who's going to remind me of? He's going to be the next uh, – a completely different position. He's going to be the next Roberto Aguayo. Ah, the guy who was automatic in college yeah. and just got to the NFL and couldn't take it. Yeah, got the yips. seems that Jamar Chase yeah. is that guy. He I thought just, you were maybe going to say Calvin Benjamin or something. Uh, Calvin <laughs> or Benjamin. Or Sammy Watkins. Yep. more problems than his <laughs> yeah. hands. It was his mouth. Yeah, it seems like, a, like all the all the big all the big body guys that come out from uh, Michigan are you know is he a tight end? What what yeah, is he? Right. And then they they just don't pan out. 
Right. So it's it's going to be – jeez, we did it, guys, all 32 teams. It's going to be yeah. interesting AFC and NFC. And there's a we gave you at least a bet on every That's single right. team. <laughs> there you go. I'll post, every division at least. I'll post this on the Instagram, and uh, someone can share it on Twitter yep. um, about all my overs and unders. And like we said before, guys, next week it starts week one. Big Bank will be back. Zach's oh, Fat Lock. We'll see if there's yep. any other fun oh, segments we can no. come up with in yeah. between then. Zach's Fat Lock was a playoff team last year, I believe, at 10-6. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. It was good. Yeah. Good, good money. And uh, we'll keep you up to date, of course, on any big, big news that's going to affect betting. And we hope that you guys take some of these, run with them, win some money, and you join us next week. As we prepare for week one. I can't believe it. Let's do it. I Let's cannot do believe it. it every year. <laughs> it seems like it's never going to happen. And then it's here before Se- you know it. September hits. School starts. The, the leaves start to fall. Uh, and, and week one is here again. While we battle the flash flood and the tornado, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next time here on the Winning Ticket Podcast.